You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so at 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I don't think we have any new callers. By the way, just a heads up, there may not be a podcast tomorrow. I have a lot of child sitting to do. Me and the little one are going to be spending the day together. I'm trying to sneak this one in before she wakes up from her little nap. So we'll see how that goes. But anyways, let's start this off with uh, Bramble. What's going on? Hey, Pack Daddy. It's Brandon. Um, By the way, I find it very rude that Google translates Hey, Pack Daddy as Hey, Fat Daddy. I find that to be insulting. Is it just me or does Bijan Robinson look a lot like Eddie Lacy? I don't know. That's what I see when looking at it. Talk about it. Bijan looks like Eddie Lacy. I don't necessarily see it. I mean, I I guess in a in a way, kinda. But he reminds me of somebody, and and it's from like a fight movie. Whenever I see him, or or I, I don't know what it's from a movie. And all I know is he's like this freak in the movie, but I can't figure out what it is. I want to say it's like Bloodsport or something. I don't know. Who is that giant, ripped, freaking Asian dude? It might be him. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why he. I feel like he looks like a giant Asian dude, but there's just something about the dude, like his jaw structure or something, and his body or whatever. He just looks like a freaking machine. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while, there's this guy that you look at that's like, even amongst NFL football players, this guy's different. Like, his genetics are just different. His body is not normal. You get a lot of that in the NFL, but... Man, his face looks familiar. Even even there's like an NFL football player, he reminds me, but I can't remember who it is. Chris Johnson, maybe? A little bit. I feel like Chris Johnson has a little bit of that going on. I don't know, but there's definitely something, whenever I look at Bijan, that's just like... it. I don't even need to see you play. I can just tell by the way you look, you're going to be a freaking monster in the NFL. <laughs> and yes, that's stereotyping, and I am proud of it. Because that dude looks like a machine. Eddie Lacy, not so much, but if you... No offense, Eddie. I love you, brother. But maybe if you packed on, like, let's just say a couple pounds, maybe I would see it a little bit better. Okay. Try that again. 1265 fan. We got a lot of 1265 coming up, so buckle up. Nope, that didn't work either. All right, let's try the next one. Nope. All right, we're ripping through 1265, and we're also running out of calls. So let's see if we can get this working here. <laughs> I think it worked this time. There it is. 
So I'm driving. Good. Be careful. Left yesterday at noon. It's uh, 6.30 on Thursday. Where are you going? Florida still? Or um, what? Been good so far. Good. Yesterday I made it down to Kentucky and spent the next campground. Nice. So, I don't know. I told you that Uncle Joe's barbecue place wanted to eat at in Ida, Illinois burned down, right? Mm, and they closed. I don't know what Which was bad because that's where I was going to have dinner yesterday. All right. But then saw Sorry this place called Mr. D's. Mr. D? It was the next town south. I think it was, I think the name of the town is Benton. Benton? Dude, it was the good old classic drive-in. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever went a drive-in when you were a kid. Yeah. Like, a real drive-in. Yeah. This one had, like in the old A&Ws, this one had the, the little speaker systems where you push a button, you could talk into it back and forth. So I get there. I didn't even know the things were working. I just, they look super old. I'm, I'm thinking, is a car hop going to come out and take my order, or do I have to go in and place order and then bring it out? Or I didn't know how it worked. Right. And nobody came, and nobody came. So I tried the button. I pushed it. Then all of a sudden, a voice came to it and said, hi, can I help you? Like, oh my God, these things still work. <laughs> so I ordered a grilled steak and cheese with onions. Yeah. And tater tots. All right. And oh my Lord, this place is great, uh, uh, great driving food. Oh, Mr. D, D's dog in Benton, Illinois. Mr. D's, I found it's it. It's like almost Kentucky. Yep. And then I stayed at your... land, in, land in the... Wait, land in between the lakes? Kentucky? Okay. Um, it was pretty cool, but it was dark when I got there, so I was going to see the skunk went through my site when I got there. Thank God he didn't come back. Having to kill a couple of huge bugs that flew into my truck at the light when I opened it up. Yeah. So I slept in my truck. Looking at Mr. So, D's yeah, pictures. I probably have a little bit more to say, but... This call might uh, get cut off soon. Yeah. So I'll tell you about what I left this morning in the next call. Okay. Bye. Yeah, I know. Uh, glad your trip's going well. Um, Kenosha still has a couple of these guys. Uh, I don't actually... There was one, like, right down the street from me. I don't know if we went there once, and I'm kind of disappointed in that. I think there's two of them. There's, like, two competing ones. One, like, on the south end. One is on the north end or whatever. Um, I went to the one on the north side a long time ago because uh, old friend of mine from college lived in Kenosha, so we went down to Kenosha, went to his house, got ripped on Red Dog, which is the absolute worst beer I've ever had in my entire life. Um, but we went to this place and it was uh pretty good. It was good. Um, but then I moved to Kenosha and I don't think I went to the one right down the street from me even once, which is ridiculous. But yeah, we've we've gone that path also down to Florida, go down the middle. We used to go the way that it wants you to go, through Chicago, through Indianapolis, and that's just a freaking nightmare. I don't want to drive through Chicago. And I, the one time we went through Indianapolis, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. It was pouring rain. My brain was fried. It was scary because it's like you're down to one lane. They got these giant cement things out there. There's nothing but trucks. And I thought I was going to, I thought we were all going to die. Um, so now we just go straight down the middle of Illinois, go down. I think we usually stop in like Paducah. Um, and then we just continue on and then our, our normal next stop, cause we do two stops is, um, just North, like in Marietta, Georgia, because 
The reason I like to do that is because we get up early and fly through Atlanta. If you catch Atlanta when there's no traffic, dude, you can fly. Everybody complains about the traffic. I don't think I've seen traffic in Atlanta once, um, but they're like 55 lanes wide. So if, if you don't go during rush hour, yeah, you can just cruise through there. So that's usually our path. Um, but yeah, glad your uh, trip is off to a good start. Hi, Megan. Hey. From 65 fan. Hi. So, if I have to say, holy cow, there's a lot more bugs out. Bugs? Oh my God, my windshield. Yeah. Thank God we had some rain today because it helped wash them off. But also a lot of cockroaches. I was surprised how many cockroaches were down south. I remember the one time we went to a hotel. I think it was the one in Georgia. I think because I remember we ate at the hotel and there was a buffet, and there was a lady there who was had a real deep southern accent or whatever, which I thought was funny. But, um, anyways. We were eating at the buffet, and I saw a cockroach run by, and I'm like, I'm just not going to say anything, and I didn't say anything. But there was also another story that was hilarious. My son, who was eight now, when he was a baby, we went to Florida, and he was just crawling. And I looked at him, and he's crawling, and he's just sitting there, like on, you know, on his hands and knees. And I look, and he's staring at a cockroach. And all of a sudden, I was like, don't do it. And he took off like a freaking rocket. I've never seen him crawl. He wanted to go get that thing. So I had to grab him to try to prevent him from, I don't know if he was going to try to eat it or what he was going to do, but, and then, and then what they say about you can't kill a cockroach, dude, I smashed this thing so many times, that shell is made out of freaking titanium. I smashed him a billion times and he didn't even flinch. It started to freak me out. Like, dude, is this thing going to just come at me and be like, oh, you want to go? But I eventually, I think I eventually killed him. I don't know how it happened. It took many, many striking blows. Um... But yeah, a lot of cockroaches I've seen in my days going down to Florida and whatnot. Um, yeah, there's that. So when I left the campground this morning, I went by the Kentucky Dam. Apparently, Kentucky has a pretty decent-sized dam, okay. and they call it the Kentucky Dam. Okay. And there's a town there, too. Guess what the name of the town is? Kentucky Dam Town? Kentucky Dam Town. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with the dumbest name I could think of. Are you there? I thought we were sharing a sharing a laugh there. <laughs> well, there it is. It might be a bad joke, but I thought it was super funny. Well, it got cut. Uh, off. It's just one of those sign things. You know, you see it on the road, you just laugh. Pretty funny. Um, today, today is a ten-hour drive day, but it's turning into an eleven-hour drive day because Atlanta screwed me. Okay. God, I effing hate Atlanta. I'm telling you, just stop hate in Marietta. I to Atlanta. That is a city, but I, I hate their freaking roads and their freaking oh, I love Atlanta population that clogs all the roads. And I just hate freaking Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Love it. <sighs> stop in Marietta. Myself, get up so at like five in the morning. Of getting to his place, I'm staying tonight at nine thirty. I'm getting there at ten thirty, and it's a wayside actually. But it's a wayside in the Osceola National Forest, okay. uh, right on the north border of Florida. Yeah. So there's really nothing else around. There's no other exit there in the forest. You have to either get off or after you go in the forest in order to go into the forest. Sure. So it's kind of nice. It's, the pictures look nice. I should be fine sleeping in my truck there. All right. Um. So yeah, that's from spending the night tonight, and then tomorrow I got another five hours before I get to my parents. Where is it in Florida? Or at least Vero Beach, where they live. I'm not staying. I don't remember what you said. 
It would be nice to take a shower. I bet. Yeah, shower. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of all I got. I don't really have any more food stories because I haven't, outside of Mr. D's, I didn't uh, eat anywhere else cool. I won't, you know, McDonald's isn't exciting and neither is the gas station that I had this afternoon. See, and that's that's sort of the issue that we have. We pass up so many good opportunities to eat delicious food that's along the way because you don't want to stop driving, but it's like, okay, we're talking McDonald's and gas station food. Usually it's just gas station food for us. You refuel and then go get more food, and it just it makes you feel like crap. You know, you're eating like muffins and whatever else. Maybe they'll have like sandwiches at the gas station, depending on what kind of gas station you go to, have some hot food. Um, but yeah, it's usually just garbage. And then, then it's a matter of, like, are you sucking down energy drinks and coffee? Then you just, yeah. But try not to pass up too many opportunities. Go to a nice, you know, when you when you camp down, find you a nice restaurant down there. I remember the, the one time we went down, I got biscuits and gravy at every place we stopped at to find out which had the best biscuits and gravy. And I am very disappointed to announce to you that my favorite was in Indiana. I know really bad for me, but you know what? I was hungry. No, it's the same thing. So it is what it is. I didn't want to spend a lot of money. I just wanted to put stuff in my gut. Boy, I just filled it with candy and junk. Not that that's not junk, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, I get it. I know exactly what you mean. Um, it is kind of cool looking at the map as you go down, because I remember, you know, a lot of these towns, having driven through here, Mason, Georgia, and uh, what was the other one that looked familiar? Uh, Valdosta and whatnot. Uh, Forsyth, for some reason, I remember. But yeah, and then you start, then you start seeing the palm trees, right? Before you get, just before you get down there, there's a couple palm trees. Like, oh dang, this palm trees, it's crazy. <laughs> then you get into Florida, and they just like force palm trees everywhere. You know, they're like, we need to be the palm tree capital of the world, and every one of them is like anchored down because they don't actually grow and they look all goofy and whatnot but we have to have the palm trees everywhere and i still appreciate it i really do i appreciate you uh trying to make it a very palm tree-ish experience for me and my family that's uh thank you florida for that um but yeah good times i uh excited for you ah uh, don't worry i'm fine yeah it's good. raining glad you're fine and uh i'm on 75 south yep Get ready to hit I I ten. Okay. Once I get that spot, I think I have another oh hundred ish over a hundred miles yet to get to I ten. Okay. But it's okay. You know, it is what it is. We're all good. Rain on and off. I'm glad I'm not going to have a tent. Just sleeping in my back seat. It's quite comfortable actually. I have a blow-up mattress, nice sleeping bag, another blankie. Last night I had a Duraflame log fire. Yeah, just I just brought one Duraflame log with me. It worked. Man, those things burn forever. Probably a good hour and a half, two hours. I went to bed before it was fully out, but it was okay. There was nothing going on last night. They have some really good fire pits in that campground. I got to tell you, it's Canal Campground, if anybody is wondering. Yeah. They, they do cater to RVs. But it's a nice campground. I'll give it that. There's two lakes when I decide. But anywho, get to other subject matter. Don't do not start another podcast. 
I'm saying this for your own benefit, Ryan. Do not start another podcast. Okay. When you start something, other things tend to hey, boost careful. something. And you don't want to do that. Careful. So it's okay to do what you're doing. Not all everybody right. has to love it all the time. <laughs> I mean, not every episode is my favorite, <laughs> but I still listen. I feel like there's a lot you of... Know, just Backhanded half compliments here. People have become fans of yours just by you being you. Well, thank you. That's so, good, I guess. Just be you. All right. I'll be just me. Do what you're doing and don't right. stretch yourself too thin. All right. Well, that's what it's all going to go to you. Know don't what? have to worry about me getting too thin. That's my suggestion. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, I was going to say something about movies again. Horror movies. Horror, yes. I- uh, what was it? I, don't know. I forget. If I think about it, I'll call back. All right. Not like you haven't heard it up already, but I did warn you. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Have a good time. Are you, I'm guessing Jacksonville, right? Because 10 goes east and west. You could be going west, but I'm guessing you wouldn't have gone down the way you went, maybe? I don't know. I think you would have gone through, like, Birmingham, Alabama, if we were going to, like, Pensacola or something. Maybe Tallahassee. But I would say either like Tallahassee or Jacksonville, possibly even down the coast more. But I feel like you mentioned it, and it was kind of like a big city. But I can't remember where you're going. I don't know. I'm sure you can uh, call back and let us know. Steve in Alaska, it's been a while. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. How's it going? Good. I'm uh, listening to the podcast while I'm out. Shoveling the damn snow that we got. Got a foot of snow in the last three days, which really sucked. It's 80 here right now it's gonna drop down to like 40 which is gonna make me cry but um i'm excited about the 80 aside from the part where i haven't uh put it to good use and grilled anything i was gonna do it and then there were like wind advisories it was so windy they're like don't you dare you're gonna start everything on fire so i was like all right fine and then yesterday was hot and i didn't do anything and today is hot and i should do something but i probably won't so anyways just cleared out my space for my trailer to sit in for the summer and now it's full of snow again but uh i was listening uh Fellow called in and was asking about uh, you potentially giving us uh, your your rundown or breakdown of the movies that everybody's been suggesting, the shows people have been suggesting. And yeah. You were saying about not wanting to have to pay for all the different services that you have to get. Well, if you if you haven't used up your free trial for any of those, the uh, what I do is if I want to watch movies on HBO, I get the free trial. Yeah. And I watch the movie or movies I want to watch that day, and then I just cancel the trial. Right. You still have six days left on your free trial. That you've point. only used up one of them. That's a good point. So you could go back another day and use up another day of your free trial. So you get seven days. You could do that. You watch two or three movies a day. It's kind of a little cheat that they all have. Yeah. You kind of have to notice that, but it does exist. We, at least I've used it before. I don't know if they've ever covered it up. I haven't done it for... Uh, couple of months or whatnot but yeah you can you can use your free trial one day at a time so you can actually go watch some of these movies and have it not cost you anything but uh just figure i give you that piece of information bud talk to you later yeah it's a good call i um part of the issue is as uh sad as it might be uh i don't remember a lot of the recommendations because i will write them down when i say i'm writing them down i do but then i i lose it so that's how that goes. But I'm sure plenty of people would be happy to give recommendations again. I could uh well, never I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going to start talking about more ideas of things I can do. Hey, 
Ryan. Hey. It's Joe, the janitor. There he is. From Connecticut. We've been worried about Long you. Long time no talk, no bud. No kidding. So um, I wanted to reach out, let everyone know I am okay. Um, i actually really surprised that anyone cared because... Um, typically my own wife and kids don't care. <laughs> I understand But, um, that. yeah, just kind of been sitting back. I am catching the podcast, um, almost every day as I can, you know, um, I'm not a big guy with the draft. Not that I'm not interested in it. Got it. I just don't have time to care. I don't have time to look into the, the players. So Completely that's why I listen during the draft and I just kind of keep quiet. Um, but anyway, I, uh, yeah. Same old stuff going on. Um, I did. I did have to go away for thirty days. Um, reason I'm not gonna list now, but uh, I did want to mention I had um had an experience when I uh, had to go away for a little a little while. Um, and uh, yeah, I ended up uh, having my own darkness retreat. Sure. So kind of like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, mine was just, uh, I was a, you know, I didn't choose to go there. I'm not a weirdo like that. Right. Kind of put myself there. But anyway, um, I've just been sitting back waiting for this whole Aaron Rodgers drama to unfold. I'm ready for him to get traded. I'm ready to just know that Jordan Love is our starting quarterback moving forward. I'm sick of the drama. I like listening to it. I like the callers calling up and talking yeah. about it, but I'm just sick of it. Sorry, I'm just no, sick no, of the stuff. Fix it. Uh, anyway, since we're getting closer to the draft, and uh, maybe maybe I should call back more. But it's it, I am listening. Just know, all you folks out there, all the loyal callers, Ryan, podcast, you guys are the best. Shalom. Shalom, my brother. Well, I uh, hope you're doing well, and um, sorry that. Things are tough. I definitely understand those types of things. But yeah, hopefully a little bit of digging into the draft we've been doing has been somewhat helpful, at least in terms of giving my perspective as well as a lot of others, right? We went over SIS, we're going through PFF, we're going through the the Beast Guide or whatever. So just kind of giving a ton of different perspectives. And um, then you have the freedom to, if you want to check them out, if it sounds interesting, you just jump on YouTube and watch them or, or don't. It doesn't matter. But I, I get what you're saying about Rodgers, and, that, and that's kind of, I guess my my thought is I don't want the drama to go away. I like the attention. I like the fact that the podcast does well. I like that there's a lot to talk about. I like all that stuff. But I don't think it's good for the locker room, and I don't think it's good for the team. So as a Packer fan, I don't want it to be here because I think it's overall negative in terms of our ability to actually use that to win football games. Hey, Ryan, Steve again. I'm taking a break, almost done with this snow shoveling. But I wanted to call in before I forgot what was in my head and uh, kind of drop my opinion on the whole all-in discussion. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are their, – their main mistake in, in the all-in thought process is that all-in means winning. Uh, I, I play poker with my buddies, and there can be in – a, in a game, there can be two or three times where I go all-in. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean I won the game. It, it just means that I made a move – to put myself in a position to continue playing because I thought that was the best move to make. So if you translate that into football, there's, in my thought process, there's three types of teams. There's teams that are breaking down, um, i.e. teams selling off assets to position themselves. 
there are teams that are building up, i.e. teams that are in a position to grow and progress upwards, and teams that are all in, which we call contenders. Right. They're doing everything that they can with the team that they have, and every move that they make is a make design not to get to the playoffs, but to win in the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl. So you and that's that's kind of another distinction that I've been thinking about lately. And we got three calls from Cheeseball and coming up here, um, so I'm sure he'll be able to elucidate the other side of this argument. Elucidate? Does that make sense? I know illuminate would have worked. I tried to sound smarter. What does elucidate mean? Yeah, that is the right word. Make something clear or explain. So, boom, who's a smart mother jumma? Sometimes I really want to hammer it, but I just can't. But but the the larger issue that I guess I have sometimes with the discussion is, I, I think you're exactly right. If you're a contender, your goal is to, to do what you can to try to win. And there seems to be this notion that Brian Gutekunst doesn't want to do that, right? So, for example, I mean, obviously, again, the Jordan Love thing, which, as I've said, there's it's not 100% in any direction. I don't think any team is 100%. But there's a question of, let's just say, OBJ, right? Let's forget the part where he did try to get OBJ. Let's just pretend he didn't. Do we believe that he doesn't go out and get guys because he just doesn't feel like it or he doesn't want to win a Super Bowl? I understand disagreeing with the assessment, but clearly the assessment is that this is not going to help us win a Super Bowl. And I think we need to take that seriously as opposed to just assuming that if we add XYZ piece, then we're better, then we have a chance to win. He didn't do it, therefore he doesn't want to win because everybody knows that would have made us better. And I think we're just assuming things. Again, we can disagree with his assessment, but clearly his assessment was, I want to do everything I can to try to win. And we're going to do that. We're going to make phone calls. We're going to try to do that. But, and uh, you know... At the end of the day, if we can't find somebody at a value that is most beneficial to us and our ability to win football games, then we are not going to do it. And if we find somebody that we like, like Mercedes, uh, like uh, Whitney Merciless, then we will bring that person in. Again, so so I I acknowledge that we can disagree, but I I don't understand the sort of contention that Gutekunst doesn't have a desire to actually win. Because, I, I, again, I agree with you. I think all-in is a contender that recognizes they're a contender and tries to position their team the best possible way to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think there are any contenders that sit back and go, nah, I don't feel like it. You can go all-in, you know, like the Packers did for three years running, and not win at all, because there are other teams who are also all-in. So all-in is a is a useful term, but it's it's misused, I think, in in the process of talking about football and 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 how teams are built and what they're doing. Because the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they let Tyreek Hill go, they were still all in. Right. Because if you think about it, they went and replaced him with what three different guys. Yeah. I believe they brought in three wide receivers to make up for the loss of, of Tyreek Hill. That's an all-in maneuver. We're you know diversifying ourselves. We're replacing a, a single one label threat with three smaller threats, which spreads the team out. That's an all-in move, if I think about it. Um, right, and and so I think the, the point is they're doing something. Now, you could look at that and say it's a complete joke because those guys are not good. And as I've pointed out to many people, those guys are not good football players, not good wide receivers. MVS is not was not very good that year. Juju Smith-Schuster was not even a top 32 wide receiver. Um, and if they had not won... And if, you know, let's say some of these Packer fans were Chiefs fans, 
I have a feeling there would have been a lot of consternation about, you know, oh, please, like that's actually a replacement of Tyree Kill. But because they won a Super Bowl, we look at it and say, what? Well, look, they actually did do it. They went all in, right? So, look, teams are going to do what they can do. They did not replace Tyreek Hill, but they had a hole to fill in terms of personnel and in terms of talent and in terms of, like, we have to do something. So they did something. It's clearly still a step backwards, but we're going to patch it as best as we can and see how she goes, and that's the best we can do. And in their case, it worked. And that's it. But, yeah, were they all in? Sure. I mean, they're, they're contenders doing what they can to win, just like the Packers, just like the Ravens, just like the whoever else is in the playoffs or contending just like the Vikings and everybody else. They're they're just doing the best they can to try to position their team to win a Super Bowl. And I think everybody that was in the playoffs is all in. It's just a question of did you know what what was the thought process and the strategy? And I, I also think there's too much emphasis put on the GMs at the end of the season. I think the GMs Although there, there may be a situation where they can try to do something, largely the GM is responsible for building the team prior to the season, right? And then there's a little bit of maybe maneuvering in terms of, um, you know, trades prior to the trade deadline. But I think a lot of that really just has to do with if you have some kind of a catastrophic injury, you know, try to fix that. Like when we lost our edge rushers and went out and got Whitney Merciless. I think there's too much emphasis, and this has kind of been my position throughout, on how do we do these minor little 1%, half a percent tweaks to try to help us at the end when really, at that point, we're, we're, just, we're just sailing, right? We're out in the middle of the ocean. You know, there's, there's not a lot I can do. There's not a lot of resources. I'm going to get blown where the wind freaking blows me and uh, steer this thing to the best of my sailing abilities, which is not very much. It's very much out of the GM's hands, and I, I think we just put too much emphasis on the GM starting at, like, the first week of the playoffs, which, again, I just find somewhat absurd. But anyways, uh, we have to take a break. We've got one, two, three, four, five more calls, so we should probably be able to get to all of those. We'll see how much rambling goes on. we got three cheese ballins, a Jersey Mike, and Daniel from California on the other side of the break. So we might actually be caught up for the first time in forever. But patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Please feel free to check out some t-shirts. I've been trying to get some new ones out to you. I just can't quite. I got a Jordan Love one that I, I almost put out to you. But then I was like, no, that needs to be a little bit better. But we'll see. Trying to get some shirts out to you. Well, I, I guess since today is watching the little one day, I'll probably have plenty of time to do nothing but that and watching tape. Uh, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Please check them out at fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan, it's Cheeseballin Cheeseball here. Cheeseballin. Hope all is well. Um, just calling in to uh, respond to what you uh, responded to. Uh, there's a couple things you uh, misunderstood. Okay. So uh, when I was talking about um, Green pride somehow playing some role, yeah. I was not saying this is like, oh, Green Cruz, very bad, very bad person, terrible person. Like, that's not at all what I was getting at. I'll add caveats when I do take shots at uh, Green Cruz um, being a terrible, terrible bad person. <laughs> um, but no, it was more to do with it's just a normal... It's just reality. It's the facts of reality. Right. That most GMs have pride about their picks, you know, that they sort of pick in like the first round, especially a quarterback doing well and looking well. Like they, <laughs> that's, that, that's a reflection on them since they, you know, went up in the draft again. So he's got his pride wrapped up into it like most GMs wear. So it's like a. Well, it, it's pride and his job, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, we, we, we can get into semantics about what it what it has more to do with but i think we're ultimately going to be in agreement about the fact that jordan loves success is very important pride human things especially in gyms with this type of situation that's all i was saying and that not really that's the major reason i'm just saying that does kind of play into it and again if if you don't and and again i'm i'm not saying you're wrong but if that is the case i think Brian Gutekunst would be wrong, I, largely because, and, and may, maybe I'm wrong about this, but if he's a garbage quarterback, you can draft as many elite wide receivers as you want. It's not going to save your job because all we're going to have are these top-end wide receivers, a great offensive line, and a quarterback that can't do anything. If it's going to be a Zach Wilson situation, then it's going to be a Zach Wilson situation. But that doesn't mean you're wrong in that Gutekunst is still going to try to cover up whatever blemishes there are and there's also potential for you know if he's a mediocre quarterback you can make the team work and it kind of hides the fact that he's not as good or whatever i don't know so fair enough well think brian goose doesn't kind of want to give a rod the middle finger a little bit of like ha, ah, you know love you know love looking good or whatever or how what he can do at least to make love look the best while a rod goes to another team come on you, you got to be Kidding yourself. If, if you don't think there's some pride involved with that, I got a bridge to sell you. Um, but then <clears throat> another aspect is, um, um, oh shoot, the point. Oh, um, shoot, I lost my train of thinking. Oh, you were, uh, you were saying that, oh, we are, really are a Super Bowl contending team and we just need, you know, uh, a quarterback to be better than what A-Rod was last year, and it's just like, that's no, kind of year. like deluding yourself, too, because um, 
it, it's not like our defense and all of this and our team played at the Super Bowl. Well, here's the issue with that, right? Because I think a lot of people are doing this as well. They're 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 looking at last year and saying, "See, maybe they're not actually that good." But we're we're ignoring what we've seen throughout. And and by the way, the second half of the season, it was like the number one defense in in football. So, I mean, if we want to really believe that Jair and all these guys actually aren't that good, and remember Rashawn was out, so you've got Rashawn to add to that list. I mean, we've seen the defense. We know what the defense can be. So I don't really understand the idea that I'm going to take the first half of the season when everything wasn't working, right? It, it, I mean, it's basically like saying, it turns out Aaron Rodgers is actually a bad quarterback. I thought he was good because of the 15 years of evidence but it turns out after looking at this year that maybe he really wasn't that good. And maybe Ted Thompson really isn't that good of a GM based on that pick. It doesn't really make sense to me. Why would we use that as the metric? It was a really bad year in which the entire team just completely imploded in 2022. And it was in the first half of the season. And I'm not entirely sure what that was all about. Clearly, there was some... Uh, Issues in terms of uh, belief and execution and the defense, were, were the, the, there was issues with the scheme in particular with the D and even the special teams. Yeah, special teams was terrible, but they figured it out at the second half of the year. And, it, you know, if it wouldn't make sense to sit here and say we should fire Rich Bisaccia. Well, why should we do that? Well, did you see how bad they were? Well, at the beginning of the year, but then they got better, you know, so I and I, you're not the first person to kind of bring this up, but um I mean, it's the same talent that was on the team in 2021 and 2020. So, I, I I mean, I guess I don't really fully understand the argument in general. The team is bad, but what? How did we get to where we got? Was it just because of Aaron Rodgers? But if that's the case, then you're saying that all we need is a quarterback to play up to that level and we'd be fine. Well, obviously, because we when we had a quarterback that played up to that level, we were fine. But again, we're also just ignoring how well everybody else played. So I, I guess I don't know exactly where we're coming from here. Pending team besides Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're a good team. Like, right. you don't have to just say, well, just because they're not a Super Bowl contending team, they're trash. You can't do this all or nothing weird kind of thing. And it's just is. like, I just don't see all the players from last draft and from the previous draft they all would have to make all these super great leaps and bounds to make us a Super Bowl contending team. Like, like I mean, were we a Super Bowl contending team in 2021 or not? I mean, it was it was two years ago, and most of that team is still here, with the exception of one player, and that's Devontae. I mean, if, if that's the, the difference between Super Bowl contending and not very good, then I, I guess maybe... But, yeah, the, the vast majority of the team that made us Super Bowl contenders at the time are still here. So I don't know why we would need everybody else to make these massive leaps to suddenly make us good when we're the exact same team we were two years ago. I mean, why, why does 2022 weigh so, and just the first half of 2022, weigh so heavily in our assessment of the team just really not being very good? I, I don't, I guess I don't get that. San Francisco is, like, how loaded and great their team is just they just need a quarterback i just don't see us making us leaps and bounds to be basically san francisco like that just well, needing that quarterback to play better so yeah doesn't mean i can't enjoy got cut off we'll get it going hey ryan she's balling again um hey just responding to the uh um the uh he's moving on so we'll just kind of let that sit i guess but yeah i mean that's 
I mean, I, I guess I'm just trying to understand the perspective, and it would be interesting to hear as far as like what 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 are you saying about the roster? Because I'm not fully understanding. Is 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 it a bad roster that really needs a lot of help? Um, and what is the biggest difference between now and 2021? Are you saying we were not a contender? And I and I guess that is what you're saying because you're saying we didn't have enough talent to get there. But again, I don't understand how we did get to where we were. And also, again, PFF would would very much disagree with that assessment. You know, like for years, I went through the number one this, number one this, number one this, number one, just down the line. Um, so, I yeah, I, don't, I think we just have very different views of where things are at. And as far as San Francisco, I don't know that they have a massive amount of elite talent. I think they have a really good coaching staff that does. Ex- I mean, again, this is this is our differing perspectives. You view San Francisco as a very good team because they're loaded with talent. I don't see that much talent, just like with Kansas City. They're not loaded with talent. They have a team that actually plays at a high level, like consistently, right? Like uh, Hafunga. Who the heck is Hafunga? Some random guy out of nowhere that plays like a superstar on the 49ers because they have a really good scheme and really good coaches and a really good locker room. And that's the thing. Guys come in there and they perform at a high level. Just like we had, who was it? Oren Burks, I think, went to San Francisco. The dude tore it up. He had by far his best season. He's, he, was, he was like the worst linebacker in football performing in the 20s and 30s over here. He goes over there and he plays in the 70s via PFF. So, again, I, I just, I don't, if we go player by player, of course they have Bosa and they have Debo and um, Brandon Ayuk and Kittle. Like, they have some studs. So do we. But we could also go through and look at the pieces and go, they don't have this, they don't have this, they don't have this, they don't have this. But they, they are able to put together a really formidable team based on, again, their, their locker room and their belief. And, and it's a system and a scheme that is really well played out. In other words, Shanahan really has a good offense and defensive scheme, and the guys on the team execute the plan to perfection. And we don't have that. We had a defensive scheme in which guys are looking at each other going, I don't know where I was supposed to be. No, you were supposed to. I don't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. That isn't necessarily a reflection of Jair's inability to play football or Amos or Savage for that matter. It's an inability of the coaching staff and the players to get on the same page and to execute something at a high level. So I think that is somewhat of a fundamental difference between you and I. I see talented players that are not being in a, put in a position to succeed, and a team that is not playing on the same page and is not playing at a high level, especially when we get to important games, they all just seem to collapse. I mean, in 2022, it was nobody knew what to do, which is staggering, especially for the defense, because now we're this isn't our first year in the system. But for whatever reason, I don't know if Barry tried to ramp it up a little bit, like let's let's get a little more complicated, and it just backfired or what. I have no idea what happened to the defense. But again, they kind of seemed to figure it out in the second half. The offense, we lost Devontae. Rodgers and the wide receivers were not on the same page. We didn't run it probably as much as we should have, considering that's the one reliable thing that we have. So, I mean, it's just, it's just dysfunction. And so I'm looking at players and coaches, and you're looking at the GM saying, if we just had better players. But I, I, I genuinely don't think it's the play. Just like with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think we look at 2022 and say, well, it turns out the guy's garbage, we should replace him. Which we are moving on, but that's for a different reason. If he was 25 years old, it would be an incorrect assessment. But it does remind me of 2017, I think it was, when I was starting the podcast saying, I don't know if it's the coaching staff or the GM, but somebody or both has got to go. But I couldn't differentiate. I didn't know. But that was a different situation because all the new guys coming in were not helping. 
and a lot of the old guys who were good are suddenly not helping. So is it just because they're getting old and they're not good anymore, or is it because uh, Dom Capers just has lost his touch and like his scheme has gotten old and whatever? There's no way for me to really know. But I don't really have a lot of questions about the guys that we have on our roster. I have questions about the new guys. The last two years, sure. That's going to be true of everybody all the time. We got to see what they end up becoming. I don't know if fourth round pick Zach Tom is going to end up being a great tackle or just a mediocre backup or what. I also don't know if Sean Ryan's going to become something. But I don't have a lot of questions about Bakhtiari or Jenkins or Josh Myers or John Runyon, right? Or Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or Kenny Clark or Preston Smith or Devondre Campbell or Rashawn Gary or Jair Alexander, you know, uh, Razul Douglas. I mean, a lot of our roster, I have a general idea of where they're at and their ability to play football. And I'm content with it, right? I mean, certainly we could upgrade several of those positions that I mentioned uh, along the offensive line and, you know, Josiah DeGuara and all that. But I'm not sitting here the same way I was in 2017 saying, man, maybe the GM is just terrible and maybe Jair is not good and maybe, you know, Devondre Campbell's not good and Preston Smith isn't good and Rashawn Gary isn't good. And I'm not doing that because I know generally where they're at. And it's not even really a question of the team being bad. Aside from 2022, this team right here performed at a high level just two years ago. So I know what their ability is because we saw it. So I just, this is not a parallel to me of, of 2017 at least in terms of my inability to try to parse out like what what specifically is the issue, because we have mostly young guys that I'm comfortable with. That's an uh, A-Rod sort of our deal. Um, something that you said was completely sort of uh, nonsensical. You, you, you were trying to say that the Jets have leverage, but they really don't. But we have leverage, but then you didn't make the same point for green bay but they also don't have average so that's that first of all it's nonsensical and it's hypocritical you're applying one set of standards of depth you're not playing you got to be specific of what you're talking about i don't know what you're talking about green bay but the reason I've, i my exact statement was that both sides have a lot of leverage and that neither side seems to be able to have enough leverage to get the other side to move was my exact statement that i made why that's nonsensical is because you're saying the Jets should shoot them themselves in the foot before before the draft, so that way they don't get shot in the foot after the draft by the Packers. No, I didn't say shoot yourself in the foot. My, my entire point is it's hard to say you have leverage beforehand because if you don't... I mean, just just t- follow the, the thought process here. Cause, and don't put words in my mouth saying, like, I said you need to shoot yourself in the foot because I didn't say that. I'm just asking you to follow the thought process here. They lose all of their leverage if a deal doesn't get done prior to the draft. But yet they have leverage prior to the draft. Those two things run in direct contrast to each other. Because if you don't get a deal done, then you lose all your leverage. Right? So it would be incumbent upon you to get a deal done, because if it shifts to the Packers having leverage, it's going to hurt you. Now, we'd have to get into the specifics of what that actually means, but the bottom line is the the fact remains your ability to say that you have leverage is certainly um, minimized and hurt by the fact that if you don't get a deal done, the Packers get all the leverage, and then you're in serious trouble, and then you have to panic and sweat. So it would be incumbent upon you to use the leverage that it is, that you, whatever it is that you do have, to make sure you get it done now. Right? 
I, I don't I don't see why that would be problematic. And and again, that that flies in the face of you having actually any leverage if you're the one that is pressured to make sure you get it done because after the draft you lose all your leverage. So again, we'd have to hammer down what the specifics are, which is hard to do because we don't know what the specifics are in terms of what the teams are asking for. We have rumors. I don't know. But that absolutely flies in the face of you having any form of leverage. Right? So, I, 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 don't, I don't see why that would be problematic. It's completely nonsensical. Like, it's not. It, it's, it, the, it's, it's obvious. <laughs> it's patently obvious. The Jets have a lot of pressure to make sure they get it done before the draft. Right? The Packers, if they're wanting picks this, uh, this draft, and the Jets clear if they really don't care about giving in to the rounds of the draft this year and that, next year or the next two years, if they don't care, then the Jets really have the upper hand. They care about the fact that if they don't get it done, they're going to be in a really bad spot after the draft. That's the fact that I'm trying to bring to your attention. So this idea is like completely nonsensical. It's, it's not. The Packers, uh, if they don't make a deal, they would be shooting themselves in the foot. So that way they then get something, you know, they, they at least get their rounds that they want in the upcoming draft. But they still would be shooting themselves. I understand that, but, but that's the entire point. If what the pack if if the Jets are not willing to give up what the Packers want, why would they give in? Because you're still not getting what you want. It's a lose lose situation. You either make a deal that isn't what you want if you're the Packers, so you don't get what you want, or you wait until after the draft when you have leverage on future years, but you still don't get what you want. But either way, you're you're presenting a lose lose situation for the Packers. But if the Packers do get what they want in this year, then how how in the world are we saying that they don't have the leverage? If, if there is a situation where they can make a deal to get the deal done this year to get what they want, then great. But obviously they can't because the Jets aren't willing to give it up. So the Packers are saying, I want this. The Jets are saying no. And the Packers are saying, okay, fine. Then I guess we're not getting a deal done. Which puts pressure on the Jets because if they don't come to some kind of a compromise and it goes after the draft, by your own admission, the Packers then have all the leverage. That's the situation as I see it than the foot if they then don't make a deal with the Jets. Now to make it... Right, but we're talking about a deal that the Packers don't want. So why would that be a beneficial thing? Make it not so nonsensical. Maybe you could say, well, maybe the Jets would not give in to all of the Packers' demands this year, but they'd say, well, we'll meet you in the middle um, for, you know, so that way we can get the deal done before the draft. But there's no way they would say, let's give in to the Packers... I didn't say that. I did not say that. And under any circumstance that I say they have to give in to the Packers' full list of demands, what I'm saying is the fact that they lose leverage after the draft would put pressure on them to get a deal done before the draft, which is exactly what the Packers want. That doesn't mean they get exactly what they want, but it does put pressure on them. In other words, the idea that the, the Jets are sitting back saying, hey, I don't have to do anything because I have all the leverage. It doesn't matter. No, they do have to do something. It's important for them, as well as the Packers. They both want to get something done beforehand, but that's to the Packers' advantage. Right? So, the, the idea that the Jets have all the leverage now and the Packers have all the leverage after is nonsense. That's not the reality. Man, 
what they want so we can get it done before the draft so we just don't get shot by them after that. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't say that. So um, you're right. It doesn't so, make sense. Yeah, it's just completely nonsensical. Um, and uh, I would say deal gets done sort of around the draft or something. That's my betting. Well, that that would make sense because it's in both teams' interest. <laughs> right? That's that's it's in the Packers want picks now and the Jets need to get something done now otherwise they they are in a tough spot after the draft by your own admission. That's my betting odds. I'd I'd uh, uh, bank on that, but uh yeah, let me know what you think. Yeah, I mean I, I, again, you're you're putting words in my mouth to make it sound more nonsensical and I agree it's nonsensical, but I I never went to the extent of saying the Jets have none of the leverage and the Packers have all the leverage because the Jets are... No, that's not what I said. What I'm saying is the leverage that the Jets do have, in a sense, it, it kind of works against them. The The fact that they have leverage now would only work if th- there wasn't the situation after the draft, right? I mean, I, again, it just on a basic level, do the Jets feel a sense of pressure to get it done before the draft, considering the situation they're going to be in after the draft? If the answer is yes, then you're in full agreement with what I'm saying. There is pressure by the Jets to get something done, which works in contrast to whatever pressure or whatever leverage that they have. The fact that they have to get something done beforehand, just like the Packers. That's the whole reason the Jets have leverage, is because the Packers really want to get something done before the draft. But we also acknowledge that the Jets need to get something done before the draft. That's it. That's the whole thing. There's there's nothing else to it. It's not about, well, then the Jets have to do everything the Packers say. I never said that. You're adding to what I said to make it sound more ridiculous, but that's that was not the point that I was making whatsoever, that the Packers have all the leverage, therefore they're going to get whatever they want. Hey, Ryan, she's mom here. What Ryan, up? This will be the last one. Um, so you, you were, uh, you also... Um, um, mistakenly thought or thinking I was saying when uh, I brought up the Chris Sims point about how Green Bay is being unreasonable, <clears throat> I wasn't I, that that wasn't in reference to the, the the fans because the the fans have no bearing on what the GMs are doing for sort of compensation to be either reasonable or unreasonable. That's all on the GM. So as Chris Sims was saying the front office is um, being reasonable. <clears throat> so. And again, like it doesn't matter what the Jets. Like, I don't really care what they have to say. I care about what is the facts and truth. And when I've gone looking and saying, where what's fair compensation? I've I've seen some people saying, oh, they've kind of gone through to see what people in inside the NFL are saying what's fair. There would be two um, twos. It's fair. So if Green Bay's saying we want a two and a one, irregardless if Rogers plays. More than one year, yeah, that is being unreasonable. So be- well, okay, but there's a, there's a lot of assumptions being made, right? We've already heard from the GM that he said it's we don't necessarily need a one. Now maybe that's that compensation, I don't know, but two twos is a one. So we don't. So so we're first of all we're assuming what the value is based on what you're saying. People are saying, but that's not what everybody's saying, right? That's that's your summation of what you think you've heard mostly, but. I think that's selective hearing. We've heard, I've heard a wide range of what people think is is fair. We don't know what the Jets are asking. We don't know what the Packers are asking, other than what people have said. But even those reports are varied. You know, the, the, I remember at one point hearing the Packers want a one 
plus a two, plus like Jermaine Johnson, right? Like just just wild and crazy stuff. And then we're hearing that the Packers actually only want this, that like it was significantly less. And then I started to freak out like, oh, geez, man, maybe the Packers don't actually want. But but then the Jets want less than that. So maybe we're even going to get like, are we going to get like a second and that's it or a second and a give back? I don't know. What we, we don't know, including you, don't know what the compensation actually is. We don't know what the Jets are asking. We don't know what the Packers are asking. So the whole conversation is a little bit silly. All we can do is come to our own conclusions, which you have, but you're, you're putting it in, the, in this, this sort of framework of everybody knows except Packer fans. Like, everybody already knows this except the Packers organization. Like, everybody's in agreement. The Jets... What they are offering is completely reasonable. Everybody in the media, all the GMs, everybody around, everybody knows what the compensation is, and everybody knows that the Jets are offering reasonable compensation, and everybody knows that the Packers are asking for too much. I mean, if you're going to phrase your argument that way, I can't argue with you, other than to say you don't know any of that. Nobody knows any of that. There's just there's rumors going around. But, but then we keep hearing, like, yeah, the, the Packers walked away from the table, right? Completely unreasonable. Then we find out it was actually the Jets, if that's even true. So, I mean, we, we can play the game where we selectively hear what people are saying to kind of piece together this picture in which the Packers are being unreasonable. That's fine. But we don't know what's going on. And I don't know if we're ever going to know. So I can't really argue with what you're saying other than to say you're, you're just kind of creating a fiction and getting upset about it. The only way I could, if they're saying they want a one that could be more reasonable is if they're saying only if Rodgers plays and he gets, then they get into the Super Bowl. That would be more reasonable, but if that's not the case, then yeah, they are being unreasonable. It's like, it's like, why can't we just, who cares if that then concedes to the Jets maybe having a, a point on us? Like, I don't care to do this weird, you know, be a good little soldier. I just care about being correct. And it's not like you can't figure that out, so just go with whatever. Well, and, and again, I, I would love to be correct, and I would love for somebody to kind of work on finding out a way to figure out what the value is. And I, I did come up with a thought on how we could maybe begin that process, but it's a massive undertaking. But I would love it if somebody could do that to come up with a formula that is, here is his value times this many years subtracted by his contract, therefore leaving this much value, which, again, I don't think would actually be that much. But I would love for somebody to actually do that. And it's not to say that that would be 100% correct, but at least to have some kind of a logical baseline as opposed to just saying, well, I heard this rumor and that rumor, therefore this is reality and therefore this, that, and the other. Like, yeah, I guess, man, maybe, I don't know. But I can't really do anything with that, with a pile of rumors. Um, I just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know, you're, you're trying to say what you think makes sense, and that's fine, but... Again, I can't really do anything with that either. I don't. I don't really have an opinion on the value. I think. I think probably. I mean, as I've said, I think two twos is too much. I wouldn't pay that if I was the Jets. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I. I, I can't say I wouldn't undertake it because to some under to some degree I understand if you're the Jets wanting to have some level of success just once, but. I, I just I don't but but again my opinion doesn't matter there there is a like you said I just care about being correct what is the value right but I don't know the answer to that because nobody has given me anything reasonable and all you've provided is mo- everybody knows because so and so said so which that that isn't that isn't concrete anything to me so you might be right but I would need something concrete and and more you know mathematical 
in terms of actual value for a player based on data. Um, and then and even that would be kind of useless because from there we would just say, okay, now where are the teams? Well, I don't know. We can pretend we know because so-and-so said this, even though it's contradicted by this guy, but we can try to piece it all together. But again, the, the problem is we don't know the value. We don't know what the Packers are asking. We don't know what the Jets are asking. That's the reality of the situation. So are some fans being unreasonable about this? Yes. Are some teams being unreasonable? I don't know because I don't know what's going on. Nobody does, aside from, again, rumors. And even the rumors can't be trusted because you know the teams are going to be pushing out nonsense. That's why things vacillate so much. One minute the Packers are unreasonable, the next minute the Jets are unreasonable, the next minute the Packers are asking for the world, the next minute the Packers are actually not asking for very much. And to try to parse through that and say, therefore, everybody knows except you, like, I don't think that's the reality. Your team, you know, is saying to be a good little soldier. It's like, I don't, like, I, I, I don't need to do that. I can... We don't need any any more low-cal sort of delusional homework fan. But again, you're, you're... It's very obvious to me that you're being biased against the team because you don't like the team, right? I mean, you're you're coming from a position of, I just want to be correct and all that, but you're not. You're, you're cherry-picking data that makes the Packers look bad because you don't like Gutekunst, and you're playing this game where you're pretending that you're the one being unbiased and rational and just going based on the data that you're seeing, primarily from the Jets side of things, um, and you're just taking all the negative information, trying to parse that as everybody already knows, except you being a biased bootlicker, and it's like, this, you know, we're, we're being silly here. I understand what you're saying about some Packer fans being biased, but... You know, just going against the grain doesn't make you this, you know, arbiter of rational thought. You're, you're, you, you actually have to have concrete data you're going on. Otherwise, you're just doing exactly what you're accusing everybody else of doing, just on the opposite side, which I understand being a bootlicker much more than I understand being a guy that just hates his team and tries to find reasons to hate his own team. And I just, I mean, in, in sports as, as well as politics, it just, it really is annoying when people are being wildly biased and are trying to, you know, guise it in, no, I'm just being intellectual. I much prefer people that are honest about blatant bias. This all comes back to the Rogers versus Gutekunst conversation, and it's obvious where you fall. And what I'm going to say is, if you want to be the rational person, you have to do two things. Number one, be open to both sides of things, which means it's entirely possible you're wrong about the rogers Gutekunst situation. And secondly, only look at data and stop being cherry-picking biased information. Because until you do that, I'm only ever going to see you as a biased person, despite the fact that you claim to be the unbiased one who's simply pointing out all the bootlickers, right? Because honestly, man, and, and I appreciate, like, you know, pushing back on things, but I was hoping for something more constructive. But all, all, all I've gotten this time is, is putting words in my mouth and cherry-picking anti-Packers data. And, and again, that isn't even to say you're wrong. It's just to say that we don't know. So if somebody can show me definitively what the value is and then show me definitively what the Packers want and what the Jets want, then we can have a conversation. But until then, we can't sit here and say everybody knows because nobody knows. So don't do that. Hey, Ryan, this is Jersey Mike. What uh, I got to talk about something. So um, JJ posted something on, oh, uh, what on did he Twitter. Do and I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, reading along with it and answering some things. And there's this stupid guy from Maine who's a Jets fan. And, and he kind of exemplifies Maine. the problem I have 
with every single person who resides in the state of New York, New Jersey, and roots for the Jets, yeah. slash, lives there regardless, yeah. all right? This stupid is sitting on here saying some crazy things that that I just, I, I don't understand. He's basically asked. I will say this. I, I haven't really engaged in, with a lot of Jets fans, a ton of them, but it is funny how each fan base almost sort of has its identity right like even jj has talked about like he's stunned at like the way that they argue and i'm I'm interested to hear what jersey mike's about to say but you know like bears fans have their own kind of way of doing things and like vikings fans kind of have their thing it's it's weird i mean it's it's cultural but it's it's like even packers vikings bear like we all live close to each other but we're all extremely different in the way we're doing things and go about things like the Jets already own Aaron Rodgers and the Packers need to get on board and do whatever the Jets want. Yeah. And I basically said, nah, y'all on the losing end. You need to, to watch where you're at and, and do what you're told. You, we're, we're expecting you to, you know, pass out these draft picks over to us. That that's what we get. And if you don't want to pay that price, then we out. And the first thing that this... I will say, before we even get into it, uh, technically speaking, right? We can talk about leverage all we want, but in a very real sense, you're more correct than he is, right? Essentially, you can walk into a store and see something and say that's overpriced, but you don't get to demand that you lower the price. And then if I don't lower the price, you just walk out with it. That's not how that works, right? If I say it's 50 bucks, you don't just get to throw 20 bucks at me and walk out with it. It might be overpriced, but unless you pay it or unless I agree to drop the price, it's mine. So. There's that. Stupid moron does is just start attacking me. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I, I forget what it was. Oh, no, sorry. I gave him, I gave him the jersey spiel of, you know, uh, he's our trash, right? So we're yeah. going with him out. But don't forget, he's your treasure. And you ain't getting to the playoffs without him. And this stupid guy goes, sorry, traders get relegated to the shadow realm. And I didn't understand where he was going there, right? I, I had no idea. So I said, trade us for what? The worst football franchise in New Jersey? Then he starts going into politics. Right. Politics. Now, just to preface, not a Trump voter, not a, not a Biden voter. I am specifically a libertarian. I think the government is stupid. Right. All right. He goes, Trump lost. Light beer was invented for women. <laughs> uh, and you'll obey the federal government and like it, or would you rather drive your 1993 F-150 on rubble? I, I, I don't know what this guy is trying to get at. Apparently, he thinks... You're a redneck, uh, broke, dumb, Trump voter MAGA guy, is the assumption. I don't know how he got there, but that's I'm just filling you in on uh, where that's coming from. I'm something that I'm not. So I gave him, gave him a little bit of a what for, and he's sitting over here calling me a radical Islamic terrorist. <laughs> this, this is Jets fans. This is the epitome of Jets fans. They don't know how to have a conversation, so they just start calling you all of the names under the sun in the book because your stupid little pea brain peasant freaking ideals can't handle the fact that they are the worst freaking franchise probably in NFL history. Because guess what? I don't care. You got one or two Super Bowls 40,000 years ago. You're big garbage. The Bears are better than you. Shut the f up, Jets fans. Anyway, okay, go. Yeah, uh, JJ apparently um, is planning on changing his uh, 
avatar photo thing on Twitter because the Jets fans are making disgusting comments about his baby daughter. Um, I've had people do that with uh, mine. That's actually part of the reason I wanted to change mine because occasionally you get into an argument with somebody who will make a comment about the baby in your profile about how ugly they are or, um, you know, nonsense. In fact, he mentioned sexually explicit things with the pick of my daughter, he said. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's that's above and beyond, man. I mean, that's Jets fans are a different breed. And really, I just I have no interest in even engaging with that. Partially because I that's the other thing. Like, I, 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 I don't find the conversation all that interesting as far as leverage. But man, they just everybody wants to really get into a knockdown drag out about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, we're over an hour inch. We just save the last one. Just save it. I think we'll just save it. Appreciate all the calls. Thanks, Cheeseballin', for providing the uh, the other side of things. I'm 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 not with you, but I think you you kind of got me on a couple as far as uh, potentially not going all in, but rather just trying to load up for Jordan Love to uh, you know make help set him up to succeed. That's fair enough, but it's about it I think so far. You guys have yourselves a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye.